morning, everyone. Today's passage comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 19, verse 27, through chapter 20, verse 16. Let's read it together. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Chapter, chapter 20 For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, You also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came, and each received a denarius. So when those who came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Those who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of work of the <coughs> burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. In this week's passage, we get to see the stark differences between the law and God's grace. Peter begins by asking Jesus what their reward will be for leaving everything and following him. Jesus gives a response of promised glory. But then he goes on to tell them a parable. What's interesting about this parable is that Jesus may have sensed that Peter and the other disciple and the other disciples were beginning to see their relationship with Jesus as a legalistic one. I did this, so I deserve that. Jesus describes the kingdom of heaven as a landowner who goes out in the start of the day to work, look for workers. We would consider these people as day laborers in modern times. Basically, they would come out and stand ready to accept work for an agreed-upon wage. So the landowner finds a group of workers and he offers them a denarius, which is an acceptable wage for a day's worth of work. But then this landowner goes out again and again later in the day and hires more laborers. Interestingly, he doesn't say what he will pay them, but just says that I will pay you whatever is right. Finally, he hires people about an hour before the end of the day and tells them to come work for him. Now the first group of laborers all look at the later hired workers and see that they're being paid a denarius. So they probably think to themselves, wow, if he's paying them a denarius, we'll probably get paid five or six if we're lucky. But to their surprise and disappointment, they also get a denarius. The landowner then answers their complaints by saying, what should have been obvious to them, didn't you agree to work for a denarius? 
Take your pay and go. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? This is the fundamental principle of God's grace. Pastor David Guzik writes, The system of law is easy to figure out. You get what you deserve. The system of grace is foreign to us. God deals with us according to who He is, not according to who we are or what we've done. What confuses us is that we live in a society governed by laws. It runs our criminal justice system as well as our market economy. You get what you deserve. If you work more, you get paid more. If you work less, you get less. In his book, Why Grace Changes Everything, Pastor Chuck Smith writes, How beautiful it is to experience the freedom and joy of a love relationship with God. Yet how sad it is that there are so many who insist on relating to God in a legalistic way. Their righteousness is based on what they can do for the Lord instead instead of on what He has already done for them. They carry around a huge list of do's and don'ts to keep them bound to God. So brothers and sisters, have you made a contract with God? Have you made a promise that you just can't keep? Do you, Or do you have a love relationship with God instead of a list of do's and don'ts? As believers, we have a completely different relationship with God. We don't work to achieve our salvation. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And in Titus 3, 5, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. If we go back to chapter 19, verse 29, Jesus explains what God's grace provides. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. That's not what the law says. The law would say, if you give your house, you get one house back. If you give up one field, then you get one field. No, God's grace gives back a hundredfold and eternal life. This doesn't make any sense when it comes to the law. How marvelous is the grace of God. I hope this week you all can reflect on your relationship with God. Do you try your best to live by do's and don'ts? Or are you motivated by love and adoration at a God who loved you while you were still a sinner and gave himself up for you? Brothers and sisters, I hope you truly taste the goodness of God's grace and understand what this means. Grace is receiving that which we don't deserve. Praise God for his amazing grace. Thank you for joining me and have a wonderful weekend.